today with Catherine Ruinala. I was just uh, looking at this psalm this afternoon, Psalm 3. And after Nick released that word, I felt just I wanted to share this at the beginning here. Um, it says, Lord, how are they increased who trouble me? Many are those who rise against me. Many are saying of me, there's no help for him in God. But you, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory and the lifter of my head. With my voice, I cry to the Lord and he hears and answers me out of his holy hill. I lay down and slept. I wakened again for the Lord sustains me. I will not be afraid of 10,000s of people who have set themselves around about uh, arise, O Lord, save me, O God, for you have struck all my enemies on the cheek. You have broken the teeth of the enemy. Salvation belongs to the Lord. May your blessing be upon your people. Hallelujah. And you know, I really believe that the Holy Spirit continually is looking to be our glory and the lifter of our head, the one who helps us lift up our eyes to see him. In, the Bible tells us that in his light, we see light. It's like, ah, oh, things make sense. And for a lot of people, there's been, there, many people have been in a lot of pain and trauma and loss and discouragement. I had a, a, a day like that this week where I just felt a little bit down. I, we, I had a few people close to me that had passed away. I'd had, you know, and, and counselling others that had just been through significant trauma. And I'm a feeler, so oh, I'm feeling all these things. And, and I talked to the Lord and I laid it out on him. But the next day I just felt a little flat. Have you ever felt just a little flat? You, and... You know, on those days, the enemy doesn't say, oh, you know, she's having a hard day. Let's leave her alone. He just doesn't play flair. In fact, he takes advantage of your emotions. He takes advantage of those times when you're just feeling a little beset or a little bit, oh. oh. And, and, you know, in this world, we have trouble. But take heart. He's overcome the world. Hallelujah. But as I'm having my bit of a flat day, um, you know, it's so funny. You'd think if you're having a hard day that you'd run into the arms of the one that's your, the one who's able to strengthen you and encourage you. But the enemy will come and he'll, he'll just start to sow some lies and say, well, while you're feeling down, why don't we beat up on you? Why don't you just beat up on yourself for a little while? It's like, nobody loves me. Everybody hates me. Think I'll go and eat worms. Like, seriously, why would you eat worms when you're feeling really bad? But we buy the lie. Like, yeah, I'm feeling bad, so now I'm going to beat up on myself. <gasps> and I found myself thinking to myself, you know, I'm probably, my prayer life probably isn't as disciplined as some of the great men and women of God that were seeing amazing things. And oh, I'm not very disciplined at all. In fact, oh, I'm, I'm sure I, if I was to compare myself to, to some others, I'm sure that they would do, they'd be much more disciplined in their approach and their prayer. And anybody ever had thoughts like this? I mean, not that I've ever actually been there to see what their prayer lives are like. But, you know, you figure they're probably better than yours anyway, probably more disciplined, probably, you know. And, 
as soon as you get into that track, doesn't matter how much you do, there's always somebody that's probably doing more and you could probably do better. And before long, you're like, I'm, I'm talking and I'm saying, oh, Lord, I'm sorry, I'm not more disciplined. I'm sorry. I, oh, God, I could do better. And I'm not even looking at him when I'm talking to him. You know, the Lord wants us to have relationship with him that's dynamic and real and living. He has for us a living relationship where we can look to him who is our glory and the lifter of our head. He says in Hebrews 4 that we can boldly approach the throne of grace to find help in time of need. Hallelujah. And we approach his throne. We can come before him in faith, believing that he's good. But when we're in the, nobody loves me, everybody hates me, think I'll go and eat worms face, we're not lifting up our eyes to look to him. We're looking at, we're like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Beat up on myself a bit more. Oh, you're terrible. I bet you don't compare well. I'm sure there's somebody that does a whole lot better. I'm sure everybody does better than you. And... In that place, I can only stay for so long before I go, Father, and everything shifts right then. As soon as I go, Father, because when I lift up my head and I call on the Father, I know that my Father is right there. And he's listening and he's looking at me and he loves me. And as soon as I say, Father, help, he's my ever-present help in time of need. And he begins to speak truth. And so uh, this day I said, Father, and I heard the Lord say, have I asked you to compare yourself to anybody? No. And then he put a song in my heart, reminded me of an old chorus. I am your beloved, your creation, and you love me as I am. You have called me chosen for your kingdom, unashamed to call me your own. I am your beloved. I'm singing this song and realizing, yes, that's what you're saying to me. I am your beloved God. I thank you that you, and and in his light, suddenly all the comparison, all the condemnation, all the go and eat worms, rubbish just seems ridiculous. Because suddenly, (laughs) nothing else matters. He's my glory and the lifter of my head. Let's have a little look at that scripture in Hebrews chapter 4, if you've got your Bible. Hebrews is just beautiful. And this whole chapter is talking about entering the rest. It's not about a one-day Sabbath rest. It's about the rest that God is inviting us into when we receive Jesus as the Savior. You see... His heart for us is that we would rest from our works, that we would give up with the notion that we could somehow do enough to be acceptable to God. 
But instead, humble ourselves, repent and recognise, I'm not called to impress God with my works. I'm called to humble myself and receive what I can have no part in earning and to exercise faith in the reality that He is better than I feel like I deserve. And from that place, good works, righteousness, all those things, discipline, prayer, all those good things, they come as a result of entering into that rest by faith, knowing I can't live up to any standard, but God, I come just as I am by faith, believing your blood cleanses me from all unrighteousness. And instead of holiness and, and doing the things as a prerequisite to righteousness, receiving righteousness by faith, receiving forgiveness and salvation by faith enables those things to be manifest as fruits in our life. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. It's not a momentary cuddle, you'll be right, mate. It's actually a state of being where you can enter by faith this place where you have peace with God. Romans 5.1, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. Peace with God means you are no longer at war with Him. There's no animosity. There's no anything between you. There's no need for embarrassment or shame or fear or concern that he's remembering your sin or judging you as a hypocrite. He said, I didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through me would be saved. He came to give you life and life more abundant. He came to give you hope. He came to give you mercy and forgiveness for sin. He said, your sin and your lawless deeds, I will remember no more. Not, not I'll put it on pause and, and we'll talk about it another time. No, I will never again mention or recall your past sins. And that's peace. That's rest. I am your beloved, your creation, and you love me as I am. You're not looking at me going, yeah, but you're not as good as this one. You're not looking at me going, yeah, yeah, all right, but I really, you know, this one is, this one is impressing me much more. You could try a lot harder. He looks at you having faith in the reality that you have been forgiven by the blood of Jesus, that you've received Jesus Christ as the only one who can take away your sin, your shame, the only one who can give you new life, a new heart, an eternal life. When you put your faith in Him, that is what pleases God. Faith pleases God. So when you come before Him feeling like a hypocrite, think I'll go and beat up on myself. He's there looking for you to have faith in the truth 
that he doesn't see you that way. He sees you as forgiven. He sees you as holy. He sees you and your faith believing that he has taken away your sin, that he has come and made you clean, made you whole. And as you put your faith in that, as you lift up your eyes to him and say, Father, and believe you can approach him, his pleasure is towards you. His favor is towards you. Here it is in Hebrews 4, 16. Hallelujah. I'll read it to you in the New King James. It says here, Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace for help in time of need. That we might have mer- find mercy and grace to help in time of need. We can therefore come boldly. So when I lift up my eyes to him, I can say, our Father, The disciples couldn't figure it out with Jesus. He just didn't pray like they did. They'd pray their ritualistic prayers. They'd they'd pray the scriptures. They'd talk and, and pray and do everything they knew to do. But Jesus somehow had this connection with the Father that when he would pray, he would be so strengthened and refreshed. He would come back shining, glowing, that he would talk with him and hear back from him. He would have two-way conversation. He, he really spoke with his father. He didn't talk and say the things hoping that it would somehow get delivered to God. He spoke right to him. He spoke right to the father because, praise the Lord, uh, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they are one. Hallelujah. But then this amazing thing happened. When the disciples said to Jesus, teach us how to pray like that. He said, when you pray, pray our Father. As in my Father and your Father. This same connection you see me having, you're now invited into that. So when you say Father, it's just as if when I say Father, you see me go, Father, I know that you hear me. But for their sake, like he said at Lazarus's tomb, he just spoke so, it was just, he was right there. As soon as he opened his mouth, Father, I know that you hear me, but for their sake, I say this. He's talking right to him, directly to him. That connection the disciples saw Jesus have with the Father is what Jesus said to them now, you can have that too. Every time you open your mouth and say, Father, You can boldly approach the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. That you don't have to go through a a whole lot of steps. You don't have to have made, uh, done really well and you don't have to uh, achieve or, or work to get it. But simply humble yourself and connect But when we're beating up on ourselves, when we're having one of those days where we're just listening to the lies, and sometimes the lies can sound religiously good. Yeah, yeah, that's probably true. I probably don't 
I'm probably not as disciplined as other people. I'm probably, oh. But that's not the voice of the Holy Spirit. He tells us that I want you to cease from your works. That doesn't mean he wants you to live recklessly and out uh, and not doing all the glorious things that he's called you to do. But he wants you to let go of the idea that these things are a prerequisite to you being in fellowship with him. And to, to enter by faith into this place of rest where you... Rest from your works, just as the Father rested from his works on the Sabbath, on the seventh day after creating the earth, he rested. And it was a little taste of what we would be invited into this Sabbath rest, this glorious invitation to continually live in a place of being free from that treadmill, that uh, what do they call it, those mouse things that they go round and round? A mouse mill, mouse mill, <laughs> a treadmill, treadwheel, where you go round and round and round trying to get somewhere and get nowhere. He wants you to cease from that and humble yourself and say, thank you, God, I've not been called to comparison. Thank you, God, I've not been called to condemnation. Thank you, Lord, I've not been called to fear, but I lift up my eyes to you. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Hallelujah. I don't have to look to other things. I can lift up my eyes and say, Father, and he's right there. And he wants to speak to you. He wants to remind you of the truth. His spirit will remind you of the truth. And you'll begin to remember, thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Thank you, God, that it's not by works that I was saved, but by grace I'm saved through faith, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Thank you, Father, that Jesus took away my sin, my shame, and the very stain of everything I've ever done. Thank you, Lord, that I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Thank you, Lord, that I'm the redeemed of the Lord. Thank you, Lord, that I have peace. Thank you, Lord, that I have freedom and forgiveness. Thank you for mercy and grace. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you'll never remember my sins anymore. Thank you, Father, I can boldly come before the throne of grace because you are good, you are faithful, you forgive me. Thank you, Lord, that your spirit lives on the inside of me. It's, I reckon myself dead today indeed to sin and alive to God in Christ. Because when Jesus came, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, God came, He came as a man to the earth, knowing that you and I could never get ourselves to the place where we would be fit for heaven. God is holy and no one can make themselves holy enough to be joined to him. But the Father's heart was that you would be one family with him. And so he came, he walked on the earth as a man, was tempted with all the things that we're tempted with, but he never sinned. And then he was punished, crucified. He died. He went into hell and he rose again so that you and I would be made free 
from the penalty, the punishment of sin. He took it on himself. And not only that, he made a way for us to become new creations. That if we acknowledge that Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior, that he is the Son of God, and we come to him and humble ourselves and say, Lord, I need forgiveness. The Bible says everyone sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But if we'll humble ourselves and say, sorry, Father, have mercy on me. Forgive me for all of my sins. I believe Jesus Christ took them on himself, paid the price for me. And right now I receive the free gift of mercy. I receive the gift of forgiveness, the gift of grace. I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And the Bible says that he will come and make you new on the inside, that you and he would be joined, that he would come and live on the inside of you and that you would have in your heart a new heart, not a heart of stone, but a new heart, that he would make you brand new, Take away everything about you that was crooked and give you hope and a future. Give you eternal life so that when you step from this life into the next, you step into eternal life with him, free from shame. And he tells us that we can have boldness on the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. Having received Jesus as Savior, we receive Jesus. We receive Him, His nature, His qualification. Oh, it's, it's called the good news because it's so good, there's no other word to describe it. It's not the conditional news. It's the good news. This is beyond my capacity to humanly comprehend, yet the Holy Spirit comes to give us faith to believe what our minds can't comprehend, that Jesus Christ came. He loved me so much that he died for me. He rose again and that right now I can get free. I can be free from sin, free from fear. I can come into a place of knowing he is my God, that as I open my mouth to say, Father, he will hear me, he will receive me, and that I will be saved in the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. This is the good news of the gospel. And it's what gives us confidence that he will do the things that he did when he walked the earth. The Bible says, the same works that I did and greater works will they do. Now, sometimes we get the idea well, if I could somehow do enough, maybe I could be used by God to see some of the miracles that Jesus did. But that in itself is a trap and a lie. If we could do that, then we could take some of the glory for it. But if we will simply humble ourselves like little children and receive what we can have no part in earning, and then by faith, step into this place of peace where I am joined to God. It's no longer me who lives, where I remind myself, it's no longer me who lives, but Christ who lives in me. <sighs> then as I reach out my hand to lay hands on the sick, I no longer have to have confidence in the flesh that I can do it or I've done enough. But I have confidence that, thank God, 
I've entered the rest where it's no longer me who lives, but Christ who lives in me. And he who is the same yesterday, today and forever will do what he said he will do. Hallelujah. And as a result, we have been seeing God do extraordinary things, exceedingly abundantly above. And it's just the beginning. You see, I believe the Holy Spirit wants to make the name of the Lord glorious. He wants us to let the name of the Lord be made glorious all over the earth. It's why we do what we do with the television. It's why we, uh, why we, uh, why I travel. It's why we get this out all over the world every week. Because as we lift up the name of Jesus, as we testify to His miraculous power and what He does, Jesus is lifted up. And He said, "If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto myself." He wants us talking about Him. He wants us celebrating Him. Hallelujah. He wants us. Um, uh, talking boldly and confidently about the reality that, hey, this is what he's done for me. Nobody can argue with your testimony. And when you get up here, Kay, and you tell them, well, yep, I, I've been deaf since I was three and now I hear. I mean, who's going to argue with that? 